We have a big guest alert because on today's show, we're bringing on ESPN draft analyst Jordan Reed to break down the 2022 Chargers draft class. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons. We're headed into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen and to make sure you never miss the show like today with Jordan Reed. Subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But on today's show, we do have that big guest, ESPN's Jordan Reed. I remember when we had him the first time, he was still with the Draft Network, and he's one of my favorite draft analysts. So I'm stoked to have him on today's show. And we're going to talk about what he thinks about the Chargers taking Zion Johnson over Trevor Penning, why he thinks that Isaiah Spiller fell lasted way too long, which we also agree with, and the great value that they got with Jamari Sawyer at guard, getting him in the sixth round. We'll also talk about a guy he wishes the Chargers would have gotten Spoiler, us two. And then at the end of the show, we'll talk about Keenan Allen getting into the press conference at OTAs, talking about how he thinks the culture has changed. And one of the reasons he thinks that is how many veterans showed up to the Chargers OTAs. You just don't see that very often. But time to get into this 2022 draft class with Jordan Reed. All right, guys, very, very excited to have a special guest and actually a recurring guest. We have today ESPN NFL draft expert Jordan Reed on the show with us. I mean, last time he was on with us was a couple of years ago. Now he's doing big things with ESPN next to Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay. And happy to have you on the show today to talk about some Chargers draft picks with us. Jordan, thanks for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, of course. We very much appreciate it. And I guess first the thing I would want to ask you is just when you're looking at the Chargers draft class obviously there's a lot of mocks and things that you do leading up to the draft not everyone's going to get the players that you think they are but when you look at who the Chargers got taking Zion Johnson Isaiah Spiller getting the guys Jamari Sawyer and the guys they got later on who was your favorite of the Chargers draft picks in this year's class based on just either how they fit or maybe it's a player that you were super high on maybe higher than most other draft experts you know, they want interior offensive line, but I thought Sco did was that he made a statement about wanting to protect Justin Herbert, and he did it last year. They had a home run getting Rashawn Slater, him, but now you bring in Zion Johnson, who I had rated as the highest interior offensive lineman in this draft class as a whole. So I really like adding him to the forefront, pairing him with the already impressive interior that they already had. So um, a lot of people thought they possibly could go right tackle as well. They elected to go tackle a little bit later with Jamar Sawyer. I'm not really sure of their plans as far as they're going to play him inside or outside. I think he has some positional flexibility. He played it all when he was at Georgia. So what I, what I really took away from the draft is that the positions everybody thought, everybody thought they were going to pick early on, they ended up going later. And then some positions that a lot of people didn't see coming, like interior offensive line, I thought they did that very early on, like with Zion Johnson. Yeah, I mean, Zion Johnson was definitely a pick we were very, very excited about. We were very high on him and thought that he was one of the more complete players in this draft. But uh, obviously, one of the biggest needs that the Chargers had going into this was right tackle. Uh, But at pick 17, they decided to go with Zion Johnson over a tackle like Trevor Penning. We were big fans of the pick. What did you uh, think of that? Do you think they made the right call? Yeah, I mean, I love Zion Johnson. He was my number 14th ranked player overall in his draft class. And 
I really fell in love with him at the Senior Bowl. I loved his tape throughout the season. He played every single position outside of center during his time at Boston College. But during the pre-job process, that's all he played. At the Senior Bowl, he played a little bit of center and also some guard, too. But I think with him, it's just a love for the game. And I love telling this story about Zion from the Senior Bowl because it's something I'll never forget. And it's funny how you get a different experience when you see these guys in person as opposed to just watching them on tape. So I think he was on the national team, if I'm not mistaken, at the Senior Bowl. So the American team, the national team actually practices first. And if you remember, Zion has never played center during his career. He played left tackle during his sophomore season, and then he went back to guard after that. And after that experiment didn't really work out. So with Zion, what he did was after everybody was done with their interviews with the media after practice, he actually stayed until the next practice to get some extra snaps at center. So little stuff like that is what really makes me fall in love with the player just because it kind of it kind of pulls back the curtain a little bit about his love for the game and just his determination to get it right. And even though he never played center, he had never snapped before during his career at Boston College, he said after that practice, I'm determined to get this right just because not only is it going to help improve my draft stock, but also it's going to be able to show my love for the game too. So I always love telling that little story from the senior bowl about Zion Johnson. Yeah, and it's not like he was a dude just like scraping by to try to, you know, get on a team. He was a dude who was going to be a borderline first round pick no matter what, pretty much. It's not like he had to do it, but he still stayed there and did it anyways. And we know how much the Chargers value those offseason parts of the pre-draft process, especially the senior bull. Tom Telesco loves it. But yeah, I mean, I think with that, it's always, you know, do you take the fourth best tackle or do you take, you know, the f- number one interior offensive lineman in Jordan Reed's on mind? He had him as a better overall prospect. So, of course, he likes the pick. But one of the surprise picks for the Chargers was taking JT Woods in the third round. You had him as around a fourth round pick. And I think that was one where you look at him and be like, okay, maybe they reached a little bit there. What trace do you think they kind of saw in him to make that leap? Because it did seem like, at least from what was out there, he was a guy that was rising up draft boards quickly. Well, I think it's just his flexibility. And the great thing about JT is that he's going to really unleash Derwin James a little bit more to allow him to play all over the field. Because JT primarily played the high free safety. And if you remember, all the love went to Jalen Petrie from Baylor. And the thing about Petrie is that he roamed around the line of scrimmage and his versatility is something that everybody – but the player that allowed him was JT Wood just because he won that was roaming the middle of the field. JT Woods' body is a little bit underdeveloped. I want us to gain a little bit more weight. I would like to see him gain about five to ten more pounds. I think it's going to help him become a little bit more reliable as a tackler. But the ball skills he has, the fluidity he has, the speed he has, but it's just a matter of him becoming a little bit more consistent as a tackler. But I can see why Brandon Staley really liked him just because it's just his ability. Whenever you can get a center field to free safety and somebody that you can really rely on at that spot, it allows those versatile chess pieces like a Derwin James to really – wear more hats as opposed to just being fixated on one certain position. And that's not to say Derwin uh, has only been fixated on one position, but we know he's one of those players that you want to use all over the place. And he's one of those players I like. He's one of those players that I like to call that's all of the above player. You can't get so fixated on him being a free safety or a strong safety. You want to unleash him in so many different spots, but you have to have that guy in the middle of the field in order to unleash him. And I think JT Woods can kind of be that guy to where Brandon Staley can use him all over the place. Yeah, that's super, super exciting, too, because Derwin James is just one of those guys that's really good at everything. Anything you ask him to do, he can go out there and do it at a high level. That's why you want to just put him everywhere. But the Chargers needed a reliable backup running back to Austin Eckler, and they were able to get Isaiah Spiller in the fourth round. He was your fourth ranked running back, but ended up being the ninth running back selected. What can the Chargers fans expect from their potential new RB2? 
Yeah, don't be surprised if he's the guy that has the biggest impact of any in this draft class or in this draft class for the Chargers. And I say wow. that just because Austin Eckler, I think he's at his best when you can use him all over the place, whether it's slide in the backfield or all these other pieces. But they just didn't have that complimentary 1A or 1B piece to him last year. And I think Isaiah Spiller, who was very underrated throughout the pre-draft process, I didn't think he had a good pre-draft process at all. No. Um, no. But as far as his film, I mean, his film is really, really good. And – it was a deep running back class, honestly. I think that's why some of these guys slipped and they fell to the third or the fourth round. And there wasn't that high-end running back like we saw in previous years, like sure. a uh, Travis Etienne or a Najee Harris. But this class was really deep. And I was surprised that Spiller fell as far as he did. But as far as all the running backs, I think he landed in a great spot just because I think he's that guy that can be that 1A rusher in this offense with Justin Herbert once again bringing in these complimentary pieces. So don't be surprised if he has one of the bigger impacts of any in this draft class. Yeah, and I think the other thing with him, too, is he has a clear path to playing time, right? Because there was no one able to take over that one B-roll to Austin Eckler. And for Austin Eckler's long-term future and health and being able to stay out there 17 games, it's going to be a huge help to him. But we still have more draft picks we want to talk about with Jordan Reed from ESPN coming on the show with us today. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. Well, I'm loving what Jordan Reed has to say about this 2022 Chargers draft class, but I also need to tell you guys about BlueNile.com. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating custom engagement rings of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless piece of jewelry, all at prices you won't find at the traditional jeweler. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com, the original online jeweler since 1999, and they've helped millions of couples, couples create the perfect engagement ring. So BlueNile.com is the place to go for any of your moments that you have to have with your significant other, with your mother even. They have the best jewelry that you're looking for. And if you want to make it special, you go to BlueNile.com. Whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing diamond stud earrings, this is the place to go because Blue Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price that you won't find at the traditional jeweler. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And right now, you guys can even have a special code. Since you listen to this show, if you use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. That's promo code LOCKEDON. And every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in a discreet packaging, so you don't have to worry about someone finding it. You'll get it in that discreet package, so just go to BlueNile.com today. All right, guys, we are back here with NFL Draft Analyst for ESPN, Jordan Reed, coming on the show again with us, even though he's hit the big time now at ESPN. So happy that he took the time to come on with us today, and we have more Chargers draft picks we want to talk about with him. And one of the things that the Chargers, just going into the offseason in general, really had to fixed because it was one of the worst things about their team in the league in 2022 or 2021 was their run defense and they did a lot of things brought in Sebastian Joseph Day brought in Austin Johnson and addressed some of it in free agency but then in the fifth round they end up taking UCLA defensive tackle Tito Abonia a guy that you had ranked somewhere around a fourth round pick so I think you probably liked the value what they got there but what are some of the tools that you think they liked from Obonia that makes you think that Brain and Staley wanted to plug him into this 3-4 defense? Yeah, well, I mean, the worst part of the Chargers last year was their run defense. I just don't yeah. think they were very good up the middle. And, you know, Limbaugh Joseph was seen as a, a, de- a decent sign, and I would say, but he's just a sure. little bit over the hill. He just wasn't that guy that we have seen back in his heyday with the Giants and also the Vikings. So they needed somebody up the middle of that defense. And I thought they made some really quality signings, as you mentioned already, adding to the defensive line. But also, Abonia, I think he's another player that I think is going to come in and be a, probably a depth filler for the most part early on. But his strength is just how strong he is at the point of attack. And that's simply what the Chargers need 
of the middle of their defense just because they just didn't have that guy. Uh, they play a lot of multiple fronts, which I think Abonia is going to be able to come in and contribute. Uh, maybe not as a high-end starter initially, but maybe that third sure. or fourth guy off of the bench that can play on some third downs if you want to get him in some pass rush situations. But also, he's going to give you plenty of value on first and second down as well. And he's just gigantic, so he's going to take up a lot <laughs> yeah. of space, and he's going to force people to try to go through him, and so that's that's going to be a very fun task for opposing offensive linemen. But one of the best value picks, in my opinion, in this Chargers draft was them taking Georgia guard Jamari Sawyer in the sixth round. There were rumors about medical concerns with him, but why do you think he actually fell as far as he did? Yeah, I was really, really surprised that he fell as far as he did. I think I had a fourth-round grade late third, early fourth round grade on him, if I'm not mistaken. But he's one player that has played all five positions for Georgia. And we know Georgia has produced plenty of offensive linemen in years past. And to get that type of value in the sixth round, once again, Tom Telesco showing that he's all in on protecting Justin Herbert. Now you're talking about completely revamping this interior offensive line. They already have their center in place. But if you're able to get Zion Johnson as well as Jamari Sawyer, two, I think, players that can contribute very, very early on, whether – uh, with Sawyer, whether it's as a starter or even a depth piece, I really like what they were able to do there. So with Telesco, I just really like what he surrounded Justin Herbert with in this draft. I think that that's pretty much the stamp that he put on this year's draft class if I had to sum it up. Well, yeah, and I think the one thing you've also seen with that is since Brandon Staley took over right before the last draft, before last season, that was obviously one of the first things on his checklist, right? Him and Tom Telesco, get the offensive line fixed because we've seen one season of Justin Herbert and that's enough pour resources into it like maybe we've never seen from them before and they've been able to do that but the Jamari Sawyer thing was just really weird I was really surprised to see him fall that far especially I mean with just producing on the biggest stage and the high you know big spotlight as well but when you're looking at the Chargers and potentially what they didn't do obviously you do a ton of mock drafts and you had a lot of different players mock to the Chargers for different reasons but who is one player that you mocked to the Chargers and you were like oh my god I really love that fit I hope that it happens that they did not end up selecting yeah, I mean, I'm all about fun, man. I love adding. I'm an offensive guy. I'm a quarterback at heart. So I would have loved to see them add Jameson Williams, oh. Mike Williams, and then also, and also Keenan Allen. I just wanted to see, especially um, – I mean, there were some questions about if they were going to bring Mike Williams back. Obviously, he got the big deal there. He signed for $60 million over three years, I believe it was. He got the big deal to come back. So I just wanted them to add more firepower with a player like Jameson Williams. I just think him pairing him with Justin Herbert – being able to ease him into that offense by midseason along with Keenan Allen and also Mike Williams. I mean, my God, just imagine trying to stop that, man. That's what I wanted to see, honestly. That's exactly what we wanted to see, too, because we both actually uh, picked him as our mock draft pick. We were hoping. Uh, just, oh, wow. Yeah. More helpful than anything else. Yeah, I mean, those yeah. receivers ended up going real quick. Really yeah. fast. But, I mean, yeah, I mean that would have been really fun just to see that ability to stretch the field uh, to mix with the other Chargers receivers that they have. But, um, last year, the Chargers struck gold in round one, stealing left tackle Rashawn Slater with a 13th overall pick. How surprised were you to see him come into the league and receive an all-pro selection as a rookie? Not at all. I mean, <laughs> if you watch the tape, him going against Chase Young, I mean, he showed yeah. it during his time at Northwestern. And everybody made a big deal about him opting out of the season. But if you think about it, not even just Slater, think about all the players that opted out during that COVID season still went on to have success in the NFL, whether it was Michael Parsons or Panay Sewell, Jamar Chase, along with Slater. So that, even though they skipped that final season, they didn't have a precipitous drop-off at all. But 
I mean, the way he performed at his pro day and then the film, the match. And I'm all about having athletes at offensive tackle. I thought, I mean, a lot of people made it a lot of hoopla or big discussion about some people having him ahead of Panay Sewell. I mean, I had Sewell ahead of him, but they were neck and neck for me, both good players. And obviously Slater is a fantastic player already. Well, the last thing I have for you is when does the, the 2023 draft prep start? I mean, the draft is a year-round process now. When can we start asking you about right tackles from next year? Oh, it started <laughs> a month ago. Um, I have a big article coming out next week on ESPN about five quarterbacks in this upcoming draft class already. So um, I'm through watching those guys. Yeah, I'm already through about the top 100 guys right now already. So summer scouting is in full swing. Uh, I usually take the back end of the month of June off, and then I come back in July, um, you know, recharge the battery that last part of the last part of June, excuse me, and then I'm I'm ready to go in July. (laughs) College football is – what I do, man, I'm ready to go. I'm really excited about this season and this year's draft, too. Yeah, and I think for Chargers fans, it's like, all right, just give me a, a quarterback class that's going to have as many quarterbacks selected before the Chargers yeah. pick as possible <laughs> because they have Justin Herbert. So, like, this this year, I mean, no quarterback was drafted before the Chargers, but still super happy with who they ended up with, with Zion Johnson. But super happy to have had Jordan Reed on the show today coming in from ESPN. You can find him on Twitter at Jordan underscore Reed r-e-i-d we don't want you confusing him for the uh, um, you know the tight end jordan reed because that was happening much more but i think i mean you're you're catching up to him i don't think people are making that you know confusion as much nowadays with you sitting next to mel kiper jr and Todd mcshay but thank you so much jordan for coming on the show again always great to get your insight i think you're one of the best out there doing it appreciate you absolutely thank you guys as always for having me it's always a pleasure able to get him on again that was pretty cool but the thing i like the most is him talking about the chargers finally fixing their broken offensive line but if you have something broken in your car the only place to get a new part is rockauto.com why go to a chain auto parts store and have the guy behind the counter ask you a bunch of questions that you don't know the answer to when you go to rockauto.com and just a few easy clicks find the part that you need because when you have something wrong with your car when you need a part the last thing you want to do is have to run around try to find it get the runaround from the guy at the chain auto parts store that just wants to sell you from the warehouse that he works for. You're not going to get the runaround with rockauto.com. You're replacing the middleman with the biggest inventory you're going to find of any auto parts in the industry. And with rockauto.com, you're supporting a family run business and you're getting the best prices because that's really what it's all about getting the best prices. And you can save 30, 50, even 75% off what you would spend at a chain auto parts store on certain parts at rockauto.com. So whether you're looking for brake parts, tail lamps make sure to go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com all right david well we got to talk with jordan reed and i loved it but we do need to talk about the press conference from keenan allen because keenan allen doesn't say a lot of things that are going to ruffle feathers sometimes he does i mean there have been times when he's calling out other receivers and stuff like that i guess i shouldn't say that but he always is entertaining, right? Like, he, just the way he answers questions and stuff like that, I just I can't get enough of Keenan Allen. But the theme of the press conference today seemed, like, a little bit different than you would hear, I think, at most OTAs. I mean, just him being there, I think, is different than some yeah. OTAs. Not him specifically, because he's the guy that goes, but how many veterans have shown up for the Chargers? I mean, there's something that we see, especially with all the other locked-on hosts, right? Like, all the different veterans that aren't showing up and, you know, trying to explain why they wouldn't be there and stuff. But the Chargers veterans are showing up, and Keenan Allen really talked about that in his press conference. And when he was asked about the veterans being present, he said the culture is growing. Obviously, you can tell with the free agents that we signed that they like it. They like what they see. They like what they're hearing. They like what they see on tape. He talked about Kyle Van Noy, J.C. Jackson being there, how Kyle Van Noy was a Super Bowl champion, 
JC Jackson's a Super Bowl champion. And these are just elite players. But I think he's right, David. I mean, when you see the kind of turnout that the Chargers have gotten, it definitely kind of puts a different kind of vibe in there for sure. It feels different for sure. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing for me is like, I mean, in the past, you would never see a guy like Joey Bosa at OTAs. It, like, it never happened. He was a guy that was very notorious about Yeah, and he showed up today. Yeah, on but, his yeah. own. He wanted to do his own thing, work with his people. And now he's at OTAs with the rest of the team. And so I think that, to me, is the biggest signifier of a clear change in the culture. And Brandon Staley started that change immediately day one, saying, hey, we are going to be a team together. We're going to go out here and do everything as one. We want a connected unit. We want our, you know, offense, defense, special teams to be all, you know, on the same path going forward. So, I mean, Brandon Staley is definitely doing that. It's great to see Joey Bosa and all these veterans out here at OTAs. It just truly shows that they are really connecting, and this is really important to them. Yeah, and I mean, and by Keenan now and kind of talking about it, just you know that he feels it, right? He does yeah. feel it. And when he was asked about the culture being different, he said, yeah, it's definitely different. Like I said, we're competing every day. Coach Staley is definitely being a player's coach as far as keeping us healthy and not making us do too much. More football, more basic, more understanding technique, more understanding assignments. When we get down to it, we know what to do. And that has been kind of his MO since he got to the Chargers was just He's not making these guys push out at 100% during these times. And, I mean, there's nothing worse than a guy going down during OTAs, a voluntary thing, where you're really just going in there and getting your feet wet, right? That's not yeah. something that's super important in the long term. For some pro players, obviously, it is. But yeah, that is something that makes a difference and something that the players notice. So when you get guys like Joey Bosta and you have all these guys out there, I mean, I think that's part of the reason. But those relationships that you talked about paid off for the Chargers in this offseason, right? I mean, yeah. we talked about the culture changing. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, not quantifiable as far as right. like something that you can put numbers to, but you can put numbers to how many people are showing up for OTAs, right? And that is something that they just have more of this year than they've had in years past. But I think, yeah, the competing every day, all of that stuff is stuff that you're going to hear all the time. But he also said that he likes how the culture is growing. He said you have guys like Derwin and Justin Herbert. All those guys are here, and you don't see that with every team. But another thing you talked about, David, was the offense, right? That's something that Keenan Allen obviously has a lot of reason to want to be better offensively than the Chargers were last year, being even a great offense that they were. But he said this year it feels special. He said it's going to be crazy. It's going to be special. Last year was our first year, obviously, so this year it's going to be better, and it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's something that Mike Mike Williams also echoed as well. It just said, hey, this is another year in the offense, another year in the offense for Justin Herbert for the first time since high school. I mean, still can't believe that that's a fact <laughs> that he's had that so much turnover that he's never had the same offensive coordinator, the same coach this for a second consecutive year. And now he does. And now everyone is just so much more comfortable. And I think that's what you hear everyone saying. It's like, hey, we know this offense now. I mean, last year we were having to learn something completely new that was very, very difficult, very complex. The New Orleans Saints offense, which is kind of the root of, of this Chargers sure. offense, obviously yeah, with components of, of different you know elements of the best offenses out there like Green Bay and San Francisco running concepts. But, I mean, there's a lot to learn. I mean, even Justin Herbert was saying like, hey, man, I was drowning with all of the stuff I had to learn. And now going into year two, it's not all about learning it. They know it now. It's about fine-tuning it and getting better and adding more wrinkles yeah. into the offense. That's what they get to do now. So I think everyone feels like they are going to have a much better offense than an even top-five offense that they put out there last year. 
Well, I think when you're looking at the offense, right, I mean, the biggest thing is getting better players, right? Because yeah. you can say, you know, year two and all that stuff makes the difference. And he did say that. And that is where it helps is you're picking up where you left off. And that's been yeah. a key theme, especially for the offensive people, you know, saying, hey, now we get to build out that. And I mean, really both sides, the defensive players as well got a year in this system. The guys they brought in, a lot of them have already played in the system. Yeah. But when you're talking about offensively, I mean, that has been the theme is picking up where they left off. But they didn't add a ton of players offensively, right? They didn't yeah. add a ton of skill position players. They added a couple of key guys like Isaiah Spiller, right? And Gerald Everett's another big one. And they made more improvements to the offensive line, which is going to help. But this yeah. is what he said about how this offense can grow, even without really talking about the new dudes that are coming in. He said, it can grow a lot. We left a whole lot on the field. I think we let, led the league in drops. Yeah, they did. Obviously, fourth down was big for us. Third down wasn't great. I think we can get better on third down and just understand the offense. Like we just said, the understanding of the offense, being in the second year, Justin Herbert being able to make changes, just keep finding ways to get down the field. So I do think, David, I mean, obviously they didn't add that speed receiver, right? They didn't add the, the right tackle that would have been, or is still pretty much the biggest hole, the biggest question mark left on the offense. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the team can't get better, right? Have, being the second year of this offense is obviously going to help some of those guys. And obviously the guys that you got brought in like Jamari Sawyer and Zion Johnson and Isaiah Spiller and Gerald Everett, like these guys will make an impact too. But just these guys getting better in the system is another reason to think that they could be better in this offense, even after having such a good year. Well, I think part of the the reason why we saw somewhat of a conservative offense out of Joe Lombardi last year is because they were still trying to understand the offense and they were still learning it. I right. think this year, now that they have all those concepts down, they're probably going to be able to stretch the field more. They're going to be more comfortable to stretch the field more. And yeah. they know that they're going to have a much better defense that's going to be on, on the other side of them to be able to pick them up if they do, you know, take a shot and it doesn't work out in their favor. So I think that confidence level that you have in your defense now is going to allow you to play more free on offense and really go out there and, you know, throw the football down the field. We know Justin Herbert has one of the premier arms in the NFL, and we didn't really see him utilize it nearly enough last season. So I think that's sure. one of the bigger things that we can see coupled with more time from, you know, a, you know, offensive line that's continuing to improve. I mean, I think you feel really good about four out of the five elements on that offensive line, which is crazy to say, because, yeah. you know, a lot of teams out there would love that. Um, no, Bushi's back in town too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Hey, watch about. out. I mean, uh, I mean, he's definitely saying he's in LA, but I mean, a lot of reasons to feel like this chargers team and this chargers offense in particular is going to be even better this season. Yeah. And I mean, I think the, the only reason it wouldn't, right. is just because, yeah, I mean, Keenan Allen gets a year older, right. I mean, Mike yeah. Williams is a year older, still definitely in his prime, but like, oh, yeah. For the most part, just these guys being in the same system, having another year, and it's definitely going to improve the offense for sure. It's just hard to say how much, right? It's hard to put numbers next to that just because you just don't know how much more they're picking it up, how many more wrinkles they're putting in. Obviously, they didn't add a ton of speed more offensively. Jalen Guyton is pretty fast, right? They have some guys who are pretty fast. But if your offensive line is better, it gives guys more time to get down the field, create more separation down the field. Just because we didn't see it as much last year doesn't mean we won't see it more this year, even though they're bringing back some of the same, you know, pretty much the same wide receiving room outside of a couple of different exceptions like DeAndre Carter and stuff. But they didn't add those pieces. It doesn't mean they can't get better on offense. But we do have a guy who knows a whole lot about the Chargers offense, and that's Joe Lombardi. And on tomorrow's show, we'll get into what he had to say at his press conference because he did enlighten us about the right tackle situation at this point. It was interesting to hear what he said about that and a bunch of other things about the Chargers offense. So we're back with you guys tomorrow to get into that. We are going 
three days a week for June. That is why there haven't been as many episodes so far this month, but we will have at least three shows every week. We're trying to keep it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but the main thing we're focused on right now is bringing the best content, bringing the best guests, which we have some really, you know, more big guests lined up, and that's going to be, you know, the David Drogmeyer special as the guest booker. He has some things lined up you guys should be very excited about. So to make sure you don't miss it, subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from because there might be a few less shows in the month of June. They're going to be bangers, and we're going to keep on bringing on great guests and just really focusing in on the great content we do have during these weeks and getting you guys involved too for things like fan mail friday so if you have extra time you guys want to get some questions and we'll try to get to some tomorrow but make sure you guys go to locked on L- at locked on lac on twitter if you want to hit us up on twitter we might put a post out tomorrow to see you know just in case we do have time for it but you can also comment on instagram at locked on chargers you can also call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924 and we try to get to as many chargers voicemails as we can we definitely want to keep getting you guys involved too. So make sure you guys hit us up on those places. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at Drotalk SD. But that's going to do it for today. We'll be back with Joe Lombardi's comments from OTAs and much more tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.